So all together, let's say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Uh, Thank you. Good morning. Good morning for anybody who doesn't know me as the amazing Kylie. Uh, I'm just Kylie. (laughs) I have the incredible privilege of serving here at St. Peter's on the kids team. Um, To all the kids, I miss you so much. Parents too, but especially the children, I think I'm really missing your energy. Um, And the first thing I wanted to share this morning um, was actually, I, I learned so much about God's goodness from kids from watching them and from being around them. And I want to share with you what I like to call my strawberry revelation. So I was at a work event when my daughter was about one, and she, like most young kids, loves strawberries, sweet fruits. Um, And she'd gone to pick up a strawberry, but it was the end of someone's strawberry. It was the little green bit. Someone had bitten it and put it on their plate. And she'd gone to pick it up, and I'd noticed, went over, and said, no, 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 no. And I, I took it away from her. I said, I'll just go and get you some. And I walk over to where there are lots of strawberries, other berries and fruits. And of course, she has a meltdown, breaks down, starts crying. And I'm over at the strawberries and I can hear her, like any good mother, I know she's upset. And I'm looking at the strawberries and I'm trying to find the best one. Not just any strawberry, I'm looking for the the juiciest, I'm looking for a couple to put on a plate to come over and be like, hey, you've got all of these strawberries. And I'm going through this process and she's crying. Someone comes and tells me she's crying. I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm I'm coming. And I walk back over with all these strawberries and I'm looking at her, completely distraught, absolutely devastated. And I think to myself, you have no idea. I was getting you the best ones. And God said, yeah, isn't that frustrating? When I'm over here picking out the best for you and you think I've gone. You think I have taken away something when it wasn't even the good thing and I'm coming to you with the best thing. So I want to share to you a little bit today about what it is to wait on God for those big, juicy strawberries. Um, And I know that seems (laughs) a little bit uh, insincere, but it's the truth of of waiting on God for what he has for us and not being afraid when it looks like he's not there. So as uh, Chris mentioned, we have been working through the Lord's Prayer, and I have the privilege to speak on Give Us Today Our Daily Bread. Um, And what I love about this was that my own personal life is full of testimony, especially since we moved to England um, for the past six years, of God taking care of our day-by-day needs. I don't think I've ever depended on him more in my life than this period of being here. And I will share some of my own testimony, but first, I really wanted to encourage us with a testimony from the Bible. Because for me, testimony is incredible and powerful and it enables us to share things with each other and does give us hope but actually God has given us so much hope in the word and so if you feel like you need testimony if you feel like you need to be encouraged by something God is doing in someone's life I can guarantee you it's there in the Bible ask him to show you where and you will find things that speak to those things of provision there's provision of of children there's provision of spouses there's provision of daily need there's provision of healing there's just this incredible provision and obviously the provision of salvation um, which we will come back to um, so let's start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump between Matthew 6 and Exodus 16. So if you have a paper Bible, maybe grab a bookmark, sticky note, coaster, you know, whatever you've got in arm's reach to flick between the two. Um, I'm going to start in Matthew 6. When Jesus is first teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, When you pray, 
Do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. And that's how he introduces uh, the Lord's Prayer. And the very first thing I think Jesus teaches us about praying is that God already knows what we need. It's not about performance or length. It says, your father already knows what you need before you ask him. And I was thinking about this, and I grew up in my house. Uh, the conversations went a lot like this. I would say, mom, and she'd say, no. I'd say, dad, can I? No. And my favorite was, don't even think about it. And I was thinking, how do you even know? And it wasn't until I started spending lots of time with people um, that I understood you could kind of guess what people were thinking. And again, kids, so much easier. You hear an ice cream truck, and I hear the sweetest, mummy. <laughs> It's really a no-brainer. Um, so, of course, God already knowing what we need is far more complex than that because he created everything, he knows everything about us. But it's not just that he knows everything, he's actually deeply invested in our lives. Physically, he's invested in what we need physically day by day, in our physical bodies, in our health, um, in things like food and, and provision in that sense. But he's also deeply invested emotionally. He knows that we need other people. He knows that we need him. He knows that we need relationship with one another. Um, and he knows that it's not just what we need, but also those things that we want, those deep longings and desires. See, he knows both what we long and desire for, but also what we dream about and those things we worry about. And this is really evident in the story of the Israelites. See, God hears their cries and rescues them from slavery and then goes with them in the wilderness. And the first thing we read about after they cross the Red Sea is the two moments that they actually need divine provision from God. So straight away they step into the desert and the next two stories are provine, divine physical provision for things they need. First they have no water and the second is when they have no food. It says in Exodus 6, uh, 15, sorry, where then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For there, for three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? And then in Exodus 16, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died of the lawn's head in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. And here is where we learn one of the biggest uh, lessons from the Israelites, is that between the two miracles, between I'm thirsty and I'm hungry, they hadn't learned to ask God for what they needed. See, they had seen Moses cry out after the water to ask God to provide for them, and he did. He turned the bitter water sweet. And instead of asking God and learning to do that and ask God for themselves for the food, they turned and complained to Moses again. See, they hadn't learned to ask for what they needed, and they hadn't learned who to ask for it. They had gone back to Moses, and actually it was God providing the whole time. And even though the Israelites hadn't asked and they weren't trusting God yet, and their attitude is actually quite insulting. God in his goodness still provides and listens. God's response to Moses was, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. That is to be twice as much as they gather in the other days. So God tells Moses that he will provide bread each and every day for them, tells them to only gather enough for what they need, and tells them to rest on the seventh day. And interestingly, God says, in this way I will test them to see if they will follow my instructions. 
But the test, the test of this whole experience is not just obedience. It's not just a test to see whether Israel will be obedient to what God says and do exactly what he says. The test is a test of their faith and their trust. Will they trust that God will provide enough for them the day after? Will they trust that he will do what he says he will? Or will they try and take care of themselves and panic and try to store up everything that, um, that he's providing, um, which of course some of them do, um, and it rots. And God says, no, 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 that's not what it's about. I want you to rely on me every day. See, the significance when we say, God, give us today our daily bread, is that fresh bread each day cultivates in us trust and dependency on God rather than our own strength. The Israelites had 40 years of training for daily dependence on God, who faithfully provided their physical need day after day after day so that they could trust him to take care of them and everything that they needed for the rest of their lives. It became second nature for them to trust in God's provision. Give us a day, our day, sorry, give us today our daily bread isn't about asking God just to provide what we need for that day, but it does really cultivate in us a dependency on him for our whole lives. Because the question is not if God will provide for us. He is a provider, that is part of his nature. The question is, will we trust that he will? So why does Jesus teach us to ask God for things he already knows that will provide for us? Because it says God already knows what you need, but then Jesus commands us and instructs us to ask for it. He's teaching us because actually what he's wanting to do is to invite God into that present. When we say, give us today our daily bread, we're saying, God, come right now, I need you, I need you here. Jesus teaches us to ask for help. And he teaches us to build trust and relationship with him. So trust, that's a big one. Uh, how do we build trust? My answer to that is really one step at a time. Um, the first time I really had to trust God with something, I had to trust him to get me home from work. When we first moved to London, um, my husband was given a job, uh, but there was a month before it started, and then there was a six-week gap in the pay. He just missed the pay cycle, and he wasn't going to get paid for six weeks, um, which was fine. I had a job at a bar in central London at the time. We were living in Whitechapel, and um, we had worked out that we had enough to pay rent uh, during that time, had enough to travel. Um, we could just make it by on food. Thankfully, again, our workplaces gave us food during uh, that, those shifts, so we had meals at least five days a week, but we definitely lived on toast and popcorn. For, for the rest of the time. But it got to the day before he was paid and I caught the bus into work and I didn't have enough money to get home. And I mean, um, central London, we'd only just moved here. I had no idea really how to get home. And I remember going on the bus and praying on the way in and I was thinking, okay, God, well, um, I'm either gonna have to walk home or something because I can't, I can't get home tonight. I can't catch the bus, I don't have enough money. Um, and I finished my shift somewhere between sort of like 12 and two. Um, so it was a bit, I was a bit scared, I'm not gonna lie. But I went through my whole shift and at the end of the shift, um, I hadn't really thought about it and then I started to worry and it had been quite quiet. So I actually finished around 11.30, which was early. I thought, okay, that's maybe a bit safer to attempt to navigate my way. Um, and my manager came over to me and said, Kylie, I'm so sorry. The tips are rubbish tonight. And he handed me one pound 50 and I cried. And his face, he was so confused. And he, <laughs> and, and he could tell that it wasn't that I was devastated that the tips were only one pound 50. He could see that there was something more. 
and I didn't really have the energy to explain because I couldn't believe it, and I went trembling to the Oyster card machine, and I put my money in, and I put pound fifty on my card, and I went and got on the bus, and I wept the whole way home because God had given me what I needed to get home. Um, and the next day, the payment came in, and, and we were fine for the next month. And we have, we have had months where we have lived that close to the line since being here. Um, and that really hasn't stopped. And there have been bigger things that we have asked God for. And what's been interesting is that God has asked me to trust him for daily provision like that, for things that I need. But actually, ultimately, what's happened over six years is I have learned to trust God with the hopes and dreams in my heart. One of the big reasons that we are here, my husband and I are here in England, is because we want to see him step into the creative dream, the creative career. We really believe that God has called over his life. And we also want to have a family, so we're trying to do that too. Um, and it's this sense of trusting God that I'm thousands of miles from my family. My mum isn't here to help me through childbirth. My family are not here to help us cook and clean and take care of our children and pick us up from the hospital and you know when everyone's sick in the house we don't have that and God has helped me to trust him to find places like St Peter's families around us that can help fill that gap I've learned to trust God with my day-to-day -day needs of food and he has fed me so much more and given me so much more that all of those desires uh, and dreams come to pass eventually but the trust was built little by little, and it was built over time. It was built through fellowship with other people. It was built through praise. It was built through worship, and it was built through gratitude. But trust can be a really difficult thing because it can easily be broken. Um, and the way to develop trust is actually by spending time with someone. You nurture it because you begin to depend on other people. And it's no different with God. We learn to trust him the more that we spend time with him and depend on him. And God has integrated this into our lives. He built us the Sabbath. And so when we look back at the testimony of the Israelites, we can see that trust and time spent with God was actually part of the commandment for their provision. He says that they cannot gather enough. They, uh, they cannot gather too much for the day ahead. And on the sixth day, they have to gather enough for the day ahead because that seventh day was all about rest with God. It was all about reflecting and being with him and staying in his presence. And the Israelites didn't have to work for it. They didn't have to go and glean the fields. They didn't have to go and sow and harvest. They just had to receive it. And they had to gather more on day six. Because forcing ourselves to break from the physical and the mental hoops that we jump through trying to provide for ourselves gives us the freedom to relax and rest in God. Trusting God to provide is about resting from trying to do it all ourselves. Trusting that he will give us not just everything we need to survive, but that he's going to give us everything we need to truly live. And I know that this isn't particularly easy because we can be disappointed and we can be hurt. And we're not taught to rely on other people. We're not taught to ask for help. But we need to learn to rest and to rely on our Heavenly Father. And I think maybe now more than ever. This, the beginning of this year has presented so many challenges and we are having to maybe depend on God in ways that we haven't had to for a while. Or maybe ways we actually haven't ever had to at all. And the next few months, there's going to be even more challenges as the ramifications over the year of this virus and the things that we've gone through with lockdown and the economy is, is it's going to be devastating for a lot of people. And I just want to encourage us because I think we can, we can absolutely ask for God's help in that. But a lot of that will come, that provision 
that we need. We're going to need provision for employment. We're going to need provision for jobs. We're going to need employment, uh, sorry, provision for food on the table. For some of us, it'll also be provision of those dreams and those hopes, those things that we've worked and built and sacrificed so much for that seem to have been taken from us. But I encourage you today, you can trust God with those things because he will take care of you and he will provide for you. In all of these moments, we need to go back to asking God to give us today our daily bread. We need to spend time with one another, encouraging, sharing the burden, reminding one another, sharing testimony. We need to spend time in praise. Praise is the most powerful weapon against fear and doubt. Spend time in the word. Find the encouragement. Find the testimony there. It's only in these moments, only in those difficult times, that spending time with Jesus will be enough to really feed our souls, to heal us and to restore us. Only spending time with him is going to give us the hope that we need to take the next step. In John 6, Jesus says to his disciples, it is not Moses who has given you the bread of life from heaven. Sorry, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He says later, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And Jesus says in Matthew, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. Only Jesus has the complete ability to satisfy and sustain us. How do we do that? It's time spent in the presence and power of God. And that time will, will lead us to a place of rest and trust. Not just in eternity and the hope we have for the future, but right here and right now. Because it says, give me today, today, my daily bread. When we ask our Father in heaven to give us today our daily bread, we are reminded of his faithfulness. We are reminded of his power and the miracles that we have experienced and heard about. We are reminded that Jesus is the true bread of life, the true source of rest and fulfillment. We are reminded that we cannot do it on our own. And we are reminded to trust in our Heavenly Father, who is more powerful, more present, and more willing to share and give to us than we could ever imagine. We're going to enter into a time of remembering this now. And for many people, this looks really different. So I just encourage you to take the next few moments as suits you. For some, it will be in worship uh, through song. For some, it will be in worship through silence. For some, it will be in worship through prayer, through reading of the word. For some, it will be a nice walk outside to take a deep breath and to go and do something that you enjoy, just resting and trusting that God is working and taking care of you.